Hello, and welcome to another episode of the State of the Nova Nation. It's been a hot minute. We had some technical difficulties, more like I had some technical difficulties. But we're back. We're back online. We apologize for the delay. We have a crowded booth today. Usually it's just Chris and I, but it's me, Eugene Rapay, Chris Stanziel, and we're joined by Brendan J. Riley. Brendan, how's your day going? It's going pretty good. Uh, I'm about to go on vacation, so <laughs> I feel great. Where are you headed to? I'm going to Disney World because I won <laughs> the championship. No, uh, but <laughs> I am going to Disney World, uh, taking the family down there, the, me and the, the little wild cat. And the, the wife, Wildcat, going to have a, a pretty good time and uh, going to watch the first game of the season from sunny Florida. Nice. Happiest place on earth. Can't complain. No, you cannot. Where are you staying at? Which hotel? Uh, we're going to uh, go the cheap route and go stay at the All-Star <laughs> Resort, uh, the All-Star Music Resort, which uh, just to tie it into Villanova is the same place where I watched Jerry McNamara go on his insane run through the Big East tournament. So oh. I'm hoping that means that Villanova will do well. I don't know how I'm making that connection. But... <laughs> well, 2000, that was what, 2006, seven? Yeah, that was uh, over spring break. I just happened to be there at the same time. Yeah. Oh, that was a good year. So wasn't a bad year. No. We did okay. <laughs> So today we are doing the first half of our two-part series in which we completely break down, dissect, and go over every single Villanova men's basketball opponent. We're going to go through the schedule. Today will be the non-conference opponents. We'll be doing that with Brendan. And then on Thursday, Chris Lane will be joining us to break down the Big East opponents. But first, we want to offer some sentiments and some other feelings and a few quick shout-outs to things that happened while we were away. First big one, salute to the women's cross-country team for winning the Big East Championship about a week and a half ago. They now have their eyes on the Mid-Atlantic Regional this weekend. What was it now? 15 Big East Championships? That's more than any Big East school. And they had six runners in the top 20. Bella Berta, Nicole Hutchinson, Lauren Ryan, Kelly Salofo. They were all top 10. And Seofri, Clary Butner, and Katie Fisher rounded out the top 20. So a pretty impressive showing by the Cats. First one since 2011. Always exciting to get back and being on top. But also... Happy birthday, or happy belated birthday to Eric Pascal. It was his 21st birthday over the weekend. Hope it was a good one for good old EP. Hopefully not too good. We need him to prep for the season here. (laughs) That's true. You're right. You're right. Your boy Habib's all hyped up on it, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, everyone from Dots Ferry is pretty hyped on it. I I have an Eric Pascal story that I'll probably share in the near future, as promised. Not yet. Not yet. Don't want to take away from his birthday. I can't wait for that. That is going to be one of the better episodes, I feel like. And also on the website on viewhoops.com, we wrapped up our player preview series where we looked at each and every single Wildcat from the bench mob to Jalen Brunson. We also had some other preseason preview goodies, so check it out at viewhoops.com. Brendan Riley put together the schedule, and I think we did a pretty good job. Yeah, we've got some more stuff coming up this week, including um, the entire staff's predictions of every single game this season. So uh, I can't wait to see how much more right I am than everyone else. Yeah, that's always fun. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't pick us to win the championship in 2016, so I have no leg to stand on. (laughs) 
Was Ryan Sackerman, did he just go for the wild ones, like the, the teams that were just out there? Or I'm was trying he, to was remember. He, he might have actually picked us to win the whole thing that year. And uh, it wouldn't shock me if he picks it again. <laughs> but, um, yeah, after championship under our belt, I think a lot of people are going to be picking Nova to go far this year. I hope so. I hope so. But first, before we can get to March, there's the first half of the schedule of the non-conference. Teams, we will break down each and every single one, starting with the Columbia Lions. This Friday, November 10th, season opener for the Cats. Friday night at the Wells Fargo Center. Going to need to get used to saying that. Rest in peace, old pavilion. Anyone feeling any PTSD from, uh, I don't know, 2012? Oh, I am. (laughs) That's for sure. I I remember the feeling, and I, I don't like it. It's not a good feeling. However... I have no fear going into this game. This should be a walk in the park, get benches cleared. All of our walk-ons are playing this game. I'm not worried about it at all. See, but that's how I felt freshman year in 2012 when it was right before Thanksgiving break, and I was like, oh, let's get this dub. And then next thing I know, I'll be going home with a smile on my face. But it didn't go down like that. The difference here, though, is it's the season opener, so you know Jay's going to have them up for the game. It's at the at, in 2012, we weren't ranked as a top ten team in the country, and that uh, yeah, somebody on this team is going to remind somebody <laughs> some of those players that this is a team that took us to our lowest point, and that this game five years ago is what drove a lot of people to a national championship. That was one of my favorite parts, reading back and getting Arch and Chef's little opinions and insights on that game. I had no idea that that would have been the turning point. Well, a loss can do that sometimes. And uh, it's going to feel real good if we get this W by 30-plus points is what I'm hoping for. <laughs> yeah, I think Ken Palm seems to agree. I mean, they listed the Wildcats as a 99% favorite to win. So, uh you know, I like him. He's a numbers guy. No no worries here. No, not at all. So the Lions, they graduated key player, Luke Petrosek, who was a part of that upset squad, if I remember correctly. He had some burn in the offseason with the Charlotte Hornets, so I guess he was a little more than just a Columbia athlete. I guess he really had some pro potential. Didn't really fan out, though. But now they have two key players that they lean on, Mike Smith, a sophomore guard who had an immediate impact as a freshman. Second high score last year, right behind Petrosek, just over 13 points per game. And then you look at Nate Hickman. He's a senior guard, second-year starter, and he also averaged in double figures. We should steamroll them, though, anyway, right? Yeah, the way Villanova's offense, or defense rather works is, yeah, we're going to let you have a few guys in double digits, but the rest of your team isn't good enough to get past our defense. So, sure, if you can have two guys each score 25 points, and no one else scores, you're still only scoring 50 points in a game. So I'm fine with that. Brandon, I thought you brought up a good point before that it's the season opener. So they're not going to have any issue trying to get up for this game. And I feel like back in 2013, you had Thanksgiving break coming up. You had basically just the wine and cheese crowd. There were barely any students. It was like a morgue. And it's hard to play when you got such a terrible environment. What you got... First game of the season. Glad to be back. I don't think they should have any issues. Just to work out the kinks early and, yeah, basically go with the walk-ons. Hopefully, like, five minutes left and get them somebody. Yeah, I hope Peyton Heck scores his first basket. I, I chose him to score first in our wisdom of the crowds. <laughs> 
Jack Brooks will be covering this Friday night's game. And then after that, we move on to Nickel State Colonels, which, Brendan, you'll get to cover that game. Oh, boy, and am I excited. <laughs> you know where um, Nickel State is. I um, am going to go with uh, Tennessee. And that was actually my guess, but it's actually in Louisiana. Couldn't have told you that. And I, I used to work in Louisiana, and I couldn't have told you that. <laughs> Wait, really? I didn't even know you used to work in Louisiana. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I used to cover a lot of the South uh, as when I used to be a traveling salesman. But, uh, yeah, I, another game that I am just not worried about at all. Uh, it's not going to have a hype of the first game of the season, and it's not going to be a Friday night game. It's, you know, what, going to be our first weekday game? Uh, so it might be a little harder to get some of the student body down there. But according to Ken Palm, this is the lowest-ranked team that we're going to face in the entire year. I, I think that we could literally just get through this game on athleticism alone. It doesn't matter if our shooting is poor. It doesn't matter if we're uncoordinated on defense. We just have better physical players. Yeah, that sounds good to me. I think this would be another 20, 30-point blowout. Peyton Heck scores another bucket. <laughs> Same with the other guys. <laughs> what was interesting was last year, they literally, you know, if we thought Villanova was guard you, they had one player taller than 6'5". Okay. So it was a lot of small ball. That was like Mount, that was like Mount St. Mary's, right? They, they were a pretty small team in the tournament last year, right? Yeah, yeah. I think they had maybe one, mm-hmm. one, one, guy. one or two guys. Yeah, wow, that's that's pretty funny. So think of Mount St. Mary's and then um, take away all their talent. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go, you got Nickel State. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say replace them with shorter guys and just aren't as good. Yeah, not worried. Gonna be an easy win. I'll be honest, though, the next team after that worries me a little bit. Lafayette on November 17th, just because they're cursed. In my opinion, they're cursed. They're, 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 they have bad juju. Whenever you, we play them, bad you juju. You brought that up last year, and I kept thinking about it every freaking time <laughs> we got closer to the March. I, I don't know why, but you brought that up like like one of the first episodes last year. And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, if, <laughs> it makes it feel, if it makes it feel any easier – they are the classic trap matchup that it's right before Thanksgiving. And oh, great. Thank you. <laughs> we're playing a quote-unquote home game in their city. <laughs> that, that's like when we came out flat against Lehigh a couple years ago at, at the same venue, the PPL Center in Allentown. Mm-hmm. This time we don't have the hometown boy on our team. That's true. That's All true. Right. I don't know. It's, <laughs> I, I feel like we should win. We'll probably win. Um, but, yeah, this could be a trap game in the sense that it's right before the big bad battle for Atlantis, which if you look at some of the teams there, we definitely are going to be focused on. But Lafayette, they've been struggling as of late. Usually they shoot the ball well, but last year they only shot 32% from deep, which is very uncharacteristic of a Fran O'Hanlon team. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is actually a team that we've gotten to know a little bit more than most teams at their level. Um, part of it is because yeah. Fran is a, an alumni and, um, you know, Jay has a good working relationship with him. Uh, but I know that this game actually got set up, according to Fran, in a, a quote he had uh, about a couple months ago, this game was set up like two years ago 
when they were tr- starting to prepare for the pavilion to be down and they initially anticipated playing it last year and then it got pushed to this year with the move of the construction. Huh. That, I guess that explains why we also had them last year, except that was our season opener. Yep, um, we pretty much told them, hey, uh, we know we already told you we play you this year, so how about we just play you two years in a row and we'll just call it a home game and we'll play up at your place. Wow. So they weren't going to play them twice in the same year? That's, that's pretty much why I got pushed back? Yeah, well, they weren't going to play them. Uh, they thought, I think originally they thought construction was going to happen last year. Uh, oh, and then okay. they pushed construction back to this year and just said, hey, we're not going to take the game away from you. We'll just play you twice. Oh, all right. That's cool. Eugene, go into why you think there's such a poisonous cupcake as you uh, famously coined last year. <laughs> so even though on paper, Villanova beats them in every single way. But I've also noticed that as of lately, we've been playing them a lot, especially since 2010. And whenever Villanova plays Lafayette and wins, they, they do well, but they can never surpass the second round of the tournament. You look at 2010, when we started playing them again recently, they didn't get past the second round. In fact, they lost in the opening round, the 2010-2011 season. But then you look at recent years, I think that first, the first year of the quote-unquote new Big East, when we became the two seed, we took on Lafayette, we lost in the round of 32. Year after that, we played Lafayette in the opening round of the NCAA tournament, and we lost in the round of 32. Mm-hmm. Last year, we played Lafayette to open the season, and we ended up losing the round of 32. Mm-hmm. When we did not play Lafayette at all in the season, we made it past the round of 32 and won a national championship. So that is why I think this team is cursed. Yeah, it's, it's no coincidence whatsoever. Definitely not. In fact, by that same logic, any year that uh, we don't have Daryl Reynolds playing as a junior, we're not going to win the national championship. <laughs> I mean, same trend over the last four years. Who thought? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's an ESPN stat for you. Like, <laughs> like when it's like 32 degrees and it's a half quarter moon on a, on a Tuesday, this guy's kicking 33% from beyond the 50-yard line. It's stupid stuff like that. Yeah. It's, again, it's fun to look into, though. <laughs> again, it's, it's nowhere – it's not as easy a, a cakewalk as the two previous games to it, but I have no qualms about this one either. It's got to be a – that's a win. Yeah, it should, should be easy. No question there, but I think we might have a few questions when we go into this next stretch of games, the Battle for Atlantis tournament. I'm pretty excited for this. I mean, last year's Charleston Classic oh, was, was garbage. Oh, oh my oh, God. Don't, don't get me started on that. Oh, we, we talked about that so much last year. We were making jokes in February about how bad that was. This time around, we got a solid mix of teams. So not quite like last year in which everyone but Villanova was ranked outside the top 100 on Ken Bomb or whatever it was. <laughs> We're going to have a real test here. Uh, I fully expect us to um, get by Western Kentucky, but once you get past there, Purdue and Tennessee are both real teams. And I 100% would expect to see Arizona should we make it to the finals. And uh, those are going to be two teams that Nova has to face that's going to give us a really good idea if this is really a top-10 team or not. Win or loss, uh, I I think some of these games could be really close. Yeah, let's start with Western Kentucky. I mean, this was one of those games that 
what could have been Mitchell Robinson versus Amari Spellman, that front court matchup. But then, of course, Robinson had to go and, I guess, prepare for the – I don't even think he's playing any organized ball right now. Does anyone know? Does anyone care? Um, <laughs> NBA scouts maybe, but outside of that, I think uh, I think we're all good. I don't know. I, I was looking forward to that front court matchup, and he just wanted to do his own thing. And I guess he didn't really sound like the kind of guy anybody really wanted on their team anyway. Yeah, given the level of competition that we're going to have down there, I have no problem having our, our first game be a little bit easier. Western Kentucky should still be solid. I mean, they got their top scoring rebounder from the last two years coming back, Justin Johnson. He almost left the team to become a tight end, but <laughs> I guess I guess they're pretty happy to have him back. Western Kentucky, they got the fun mascot, the Hilltopper. You, you, you haven't mentioned any of the fun mascots yet. <laughs> I don't even know like what their their guy looks like. I don't even it's, know it's what like it... the it's like the blue blob. Really? Yes. <laughs> I've never seen it. I should be looking this up. You've never seen the Hilltopper? No. He was in an ESPN commercial. Think of like a a blue Hershey's kiss almost, but rounder, like a gumdrop. Oh, and is it red? Is it just yes. completely red? Yes. Oh, so yeah, I have seen it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They call him Big Red. Huh. So when I said I would... blue, I meant red. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I would have never made that connection. I have seen that mascot before, and I honestly did not know that belonged to Western Kentucky. Come on, I know how hyped you get on the mascots. Come on. <laughs> blue Blob is my favorite mascot of all time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we know that. Still waiting on the autograph session with him, aren't you? I just want a picture with it, and I'll, I'll, I'll retire right there, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, after after what we all think should be a win, we got Tennessee or Purdue next. What's the scoop on either of these teams? All right, well, Tennessee, they last played Nova in 2010, and I, I remember correctly, that was at Madison Square Garden, and I remember I broke part of my bed in frustration because of that game. I, I was so angry. Oh, that, that was that was a low point in the Stanziel household. Um, Ken Pomp's top 75 in offense and defense efficiency. Um, but they, they were only played to a 500 record last year, so they're kind of just middling right now. But I, I, I don't think they're going to play like that this year at all. They do bring back an all-everything player in Grant Williams who led the team scoring, rebounding, and blocking. And then on the flip side, depending on the winner, can potentially play Purdue again. And we all or we all know how familiar we are with them. Last year, they don't have Caleb Swainigan anymore. He's actually playing for the Trailblazers. I actually looked that up after two weeks ago after we did the episode on him. And I think I brought up Swainigan. He's actually not doing half bad there. They still got Isaac Haas at 7-2 center. I remember we had a lot of trouble with him last year. Vince Edwards is back. Basically, Mikhail Bridges 2.0. And Carson Edwards, sophomore slashing point guard, is one of the team's top perimeter defenders. I think he gave us problems last year, too. I don't remember. Yeah, he exactly. showed a lot of promise as a freshman. Was he the one who hit the half-court shot to end the half? Was I that him? say yes. I think it was. As Brendan said before, you got two real teams here. Purdue, you're sort of familiar with, so at least you can know how to attack them. Tennessee, you don't know exactly what you're going to get. But, hey, look, it's two good out-of-conference games that you could potentially play here. Yeah, if I had to take a guess, I'm going to say we're going to see Purdue. And I'd agree with that. That's absolutely not the team I want to see. The last time we played them, Josh Hart single-handedly took Isaac Haas out of the game by driving into him and getting foul trouble, and they couldn't stop Josh Hart. The problem we're going to face is that they could stop just about everybody else. 
Brunson had himself a fine game. That was, I believe, the second to last game that, that Booth played. So he didn't play great, but obviously was experiencing pain. And so that's a little bit excusable. But the rest of this team, we're a longer team. We've got more length. We match up better in that case. But do I think we win that game? I do. Do I want to see Purdue? I don't. Because like you said, it, they literally gave us fits. They were able to stop everyone not named Josh Hart. We don't have Josh Hart, which is – he kind of was the X Factor last year. Yep. Team has yeah. a lot of length, but we also have more length this time around. And we also have experience. I remember last year we had Eric Pascal guarding Haas, and all he was good for was getting to foul trouble. Now I yep. think he can actually hold his own. We have younger guys who are now more experienced, and I think that change is what will – bring us over the top here against this Purdue squad. A lot of length should still be a pretty good game, but I think we survive in advance. Yeah. If you're looking for a Big East comparison with Purdue, they remind me of Seton Hall. And, and that's just yet another reason why I don't like playing them. But <laughs> we're, we're the more talented team. And, I mean, most games you could say this. If we start catching fire from three, it's, it's over. But – this is a team that I think is going to be extra because of their size and the amount of forwards they play. They're going to be extra susceptible to perimeter scoring. So if we can get it going from out there, I, I, I think we end up winning. Yeah, we got Spellman this year, and I think that's going to be the X factor big time with the ability to actually stretch the floor and see if we can get some of their big guys out to the perimeter and just, you know, maybe that'll free up some driving lanes. I'm not exactly sure. And also something you don't, you can't really overlook that game at, was at Purdue last year. So they had home court advantage. Now it's potentially being in a neutral court. I, I feel like that kind of favors us in that, in that regard. Don't you think? It definitely is better than having to play there. Uh, <laughs> right. right. But yeah, I, I think it's something else that we put in our pocket because this team is going to have to already get into the mentality of playing a lot of neutral court and road games this year. Jay's got to be drilling that into them because a home court advantage is a real thing in college basketball. So I, I think that will be a little bit of a, of a check in our column. So after that semifinal round, we will get to face either Arizona, NC State, SMU, or Northern Iowa. I mean, let's be honest, it's probably Arizona. Oh, but boy, wouldn't you want to see North Carolina State? I want NC State. I want NC State. I don't care. Chill, 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 chill. <laughs> I was going to say it. <laughs> Brendan, if you didn't say it, I was going to say it. <laughs> oh, I want that revenge game so badly. <laughs> <laughs> You're all sick. Every single one of you. <laughs> oh, I was at that game. I was in the stands. Uh, my wife and I were both bawling by the end of it. I want us to beat NC State so bad. And I'm going to have to settle for watching them lose to Arizona. <laughs> I know Chris stared at the TV for about 15 minutes straight. I, I didn't move. That was a sad day. Stared in the space, all that stuff. But yeah, yeah. The, Arizona would be cool though, <laughs> right? <laughs> How is it in one podcast for bringing up Villanova's two worst losses in the last decade? <laughs> that's, that's just not fair. <laughs> Can't escape it. I think Arizona is going to be the true test. If Villanova is going to be for real this year, they have to be able to hang with Arizona. If they beat them, I'm going to be super impressed. Now, I personally am someone that tries to look at a season realistically. And most teams cannot get 
the winning percentage that Villanova has been able to do over the past four years. And we did just lose some of our best players. So for us to go for a second straight season through an entire non-conference without a loss, especially in one when we have to play so many road and neutral games like this one, I'm going to say the percentages have it that this would be a game that Villanova loses. That being said, they're good enough to win that game and to beat Arizona. It really can go 50-50. I mean, you look at the team Arizona has, even though they lost Larry Markkinen and Kobe Simmons, they still have Alonzo Trier. They have a loaded freshman class with two five-star guys, Manuel Acott and DeAndre Ayton. And then a few four-star guys, Ira Lee, Alex Barcelo, and a former Nova target, Brandon Randolph. Chris, we yep. saw him personally Funny at West Town. Buddy Central. I feel like, you know, you have a lot of young guys. You have a lot of new pieces. They're going to need some time to gel. They're going to need some time to get used to playing with each other. And this is one of those games where Villanova's experience, playing together, chemistry, can put them over the top, just like when we beat Kansas with Andrew Wiggins. I feel like it's one of those, if there was a time for Villanova to beat a team like this, it would be then. But if it was later in the season, probably not as high of of a chance. This would be a signature win. This is the kind of win that gets you that one seed. This is the, the, this is what, there's going to be five or six teams at the end of the year that are worthy of one seeds. And these are the type of wins that determine who gets those seeds. Villanova always seems to have that one win where they obviously win the game and then they propel themselves back into like the national conversation of top echelon team in the, in the nation. And if they do get this one, it would definitely be that. I mean, obviously a couple of years ago you had Kansas uh, last year with Virginia. So this, this would be the opportunity. But like you said, I, I, I don't know. This would, this would be a, an extremely tough game. I, I just don't see them pulling this out. I mean, as we sit here now, God knows what we'll be saying, like, actually come game time, if, if it even becomes between these two teams. Yeah, it's not going to be the worst thing in the world if Nova loses this game. Right. But they can't get blown out in it. That would really... If Villanova were to get blown out by Arizona on a neutral court, it would make me have to reevaluate the team. That's a good way to look at it, especially with type of turnover we had and losing Jenkins and Josh Hart and Earl Reynolds. Now, the la- I will say this as a caveat, though. Okay. The last time that Villanova went to a neutral court on an island and got blown out it was a against a team that they likely could play late in the NCAA tournament, they went on to crush Oklahoma and win the championship. So losing might not be the worst. Don't show all your cards. Yeah. <laughs> Don't show your hands. No, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, Brendan, I got a question for you. Would you rather have them lose to Purdue and then win the final game, where whoever it may be, or would you rather have them beat Purdue and then get blown out by Arizona? Just two hypotheticals that you kind of threw out. Which- so in either way, Villanova loses. So I already hate this question. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, I would, from a pure numbers standpoint, rather have them be blown out by Arizona because at the end of the day, uh-huh. the number of points you lost by doesn't matter as much as who you lost to. Right. Yeah, this isn't college football. Right. So, all right. No, I just wanted to make sure because with the Purdue, you kind of sounded like, you know, I could see them losing, no big deal. But with Arizona, you're saying they might reevaluate if they got blown out. So I was just wondering, what what would you deem more catastrophic in that sense? Purdue is the first team they're going to play this year that could actually beat them. them. All right. 
I don't think the other teams are capable of, of doing that. So it's the first game of which you go, okay, guys, here's where you have to get yourselves up for this game. You have to be the ones to get up because you're playing a better opponent. In a championship game against Arizona, they're going to have no problem getting up for that. It's the game that you could overlook, the game that's on Thanksgiving, the game that's against somebody that they have confidence of already having beaten a number of players that are on this team were on that team that beat Purdue. So it's possibility of overconfidence. It's the middle game of the tournament. You don't want them to be looking ahead. There's factors there that make me say, while we should win that game, it's something that I wouldn't be shocked by if Villanova lost it. I'd be super disappointed, though, because if we don't make that championship game against Arizona, I'll be pissed that... (laughs) Fair. We, no. we shouldn't. We should be there. As would I. Yeah. No. I completely agree with you there. So does Villanova make it five straight midseason tournament championships? Depends on that final opponent. <laughs> if it's NC State, you bet your Major. ass they do. <laughs> and, we, and they went. And they went by seventy. And they went by seventy. <laughs> <with NC State. laughs> do we know if NC State has any holdovers from that team? Nobody relevant. I mean, Dennis Smith is gone. So. Is Abu, Abu's not there? Anymore? Oh, wait, no, yeah, yeah, he's a senior now. He's he's still on that team. Oh, then we got to play them. Malik Abdul-Abu, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a senior. Okay. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, NC State beat him by 70. <laughs> I like it. That's a good plan. So after our little vacation on the island, we come back from Thanksgiving weekend for a special game at Jake Nevin, the first one since 86, at least in the regular season, not counting that Drexel game. Students only, which I love. I love the fact that it'll be students only. Me too. Yeah, that's it's how the school should have played it, and I'm glad they finally went that route because that's that's going to be a special memory for for the kids that are still at the school. That's uh, that's a game I'd love to see. Yeah, because they're probably going to be the only ones who will get to experience it. The select what one thousand five hundred, two thousand people that get to be in there. Yeah, that's going to be special. That's that's a nice little – it's one of those historic moments that in the scheme of the season is not going to mean anything. It's Penn. We're going to win that game. <laughs> they were playing at home in the only on-campus game we have all year. They're going to be up for that game. The students are going to be up for that game. It's going to be so jam-packed into there that it's going to be loud as hell. Uh, well, that's if the if the giant stage on one end doesn't dampen the noise. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it, oh, man, that's going to be a, a special game. It's going to be one and one that while we're going to win and we're going to win handily, don't think it won't be competitive. I definitely think uh, Penn has a really really talented young power forward who I think is going to get matched up with Spellman and is going to push him. Yeah, A.J. Brodeur, he was really nice as a freshman last year. You know, Penn hasn't really had a good last couple of years, but the way that they ended last season, the way they got hot because of their youngsters like Brodeur and Ryan Bentley, it, they showed some positive promise for the future. Yeah, I think this is a nice setup game for what we're going to start to experience in the, in the Big East. Now, it's not going to be the same level of talent that you're going to see, but it's going to be the same level of, of intensity. Jay will preach to these guys over and over again what the Big Five means to Philadelphia and the students. And, you know, if they buy into it, they buy into it. If they don't, they don't. They will next year when they play at the Palestra. Yeah, Big Five games are special. Big Five games at Jake Nevin, that's, that's, that's it's the best. 
I want to just pitch something real quick. They should – they better be wearing the 85 throwback jerseys, and I hope, for the love of God, they'll freaking start to sell them too. Wow. This is the perfect game to do it for. I want those jerseys so bad. But the, enough from that. <laughs> I'm just – I look all over for them, and I can't find them. They're, it's, they're just impossible to find. But yeah. Yeah, no, I, I second that, Chris. You know how I feel about the 85 throwbacks. Yeah. You, you got to wear them for this game, though. You got to think. Yeah. So if, if not this, what else? Georgetown and this. That's it. Georgetown, yeah, that's it. I mean, Nevin, they're playing at Nevin. Come on. I mean, don't get me wrong. They should wear them half the season. But <laughs> yeah, They should just be making them the full-time jerseys. But, hey, what? <laughs> beggars can't be choosers. What about the silver jerseys? Try it! No, stop. <laughs> get out. All right, I'm sorry. You owned one, so, hey. <laughs> I, I did. I did. Oh. I did. <laughs> it was given to me, so I guess I didn't really have a choice. Actually, I did have a choice. I could have gave it right back. <laughs> Maybe this year we'll debut uh, Syracuse orange colored jerseys. Oh, so that'll, yeah, be, that'll be wonderful. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Let's do it. So that's our first Big Five introduction. And then after that, we got another one against good old St. Joe's. And I think this time around, it's going to be at the Hagen Arena, which I went to that my sophomore year, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah, they got a nice uh, a nice arena right down the street, and uh, it's a shame that it has to see so many losses. <laughs> I know everyone jokes like, on the outside, jokes how the Pavilion is a high school arena. I don't know. When I went to St. Joe's, I thought that that was legitimately like a high school gymnasium. <laughs> but it's a really nice high school gymnasium. I do like their setup. Their setup's really nice. <laughs> this is a team that can give Villanova some trouble historically. I just don't think this is the year that happens. They've got a handful of good players. They don't have the type of NBA talent that they've had in some time, sometimes in the past. I'm not worried. No, I'm not worried at all. No. They're getting back two key guys that were hurt last season. They were playing very well before they went down, in <sighs> Lamar Kimball and Javar Newkirk. But even when you bring those guys back and some of the, the kids who stepped up, like freshman Charlie Brown and James Demery, it's not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough. DeAndre Bembry's not walking through the door anytime soon. Like, nothing's, nothing's happening. Jameer Nelson's not coming back. Like, it's over. Yeah, I mean, that's what St. Joe's is. They will have a couple seasons where they're good enough to make the tournament. They'll have a couple seasons where in those seasons they'll be led by an NBA guy. But – that's never going to be good enough to, to beat Villanova on a consistent basis. <laughs> it's just not. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's weird how they kind of just they haven't even like gotten like anyone like relatively decent in the past couple of years. I mean, it's I mean like well, obviously Bembry was, was well no special. I mean outside like, uh, since he, since those guys left I'm saying like obviously you got you got Charlie Brown coming in but <laughs> I mean that's. That's it. Like you would feel that they would have a bigger draw. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I see. Where, I see where you're coming with that. It's just uh, I don't know what it is. I, don't, I guess it's just a down year for them. But I don't see them threatening Villanova at all. Yeah, there's always like one guy. I feel like they always have on their team that they could always do some damage, but they just haven't had it the past couple of years. So after that, we'll take a little break from Big Five play, and we're gonna head over to the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden, for the Jimmy V Classic, which could be marketed as a Big East throwback because three of the four teams that will be playing in that doubleheader are of the quote-unquote old Big East. But Villanova will be playing Gonzaga. And I don't know about you guys, but I am so excited for that one. Yeah, me too. This is a matchup that came like a year or two, a little a little too late. But hey, no, this, at least we're getting it in and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it, it should be a really good game. 
but it should also be a game that Villanova should have no problem winning. I mean, this is not last year's Gonzaga. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. this is the stripped down, uh, sold for parts version of of Gonzaga. Throw in the fact that they have to fly across country, that we're playing in our second home of Madison Square Garden. I will say this: with the the other game that's going to happen that night, at least half the crowd that's going to be there is going to be rooting against Villanova. So it's not going to be the normal bump we get from being at Madison Square Garden because the UConn and Syracuse fans sure as hell aren't rooting for us. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's true. So Gonzaga will have will probably have at least half the crowd behind them, but. That being said, I, I still think Villanova's gonna gonna have this one. I think this will be a lot like last year's no, not exactly last year's Virginia game per se, and that Villanova's trailing the whole time, but I think it will be pretty low scoring, very defensive oriented. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all Gonzaga has now. They're they're not gonna you know, there's no Nigel Williams Goss, they don't really have the offensive weapons anymore. It's gonna be a very defensive game, and I think I'll, it's gonna be good. I'll tell you what worries me though. Mark Few has done more with less. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. <laughs> That's why I won't sleep on Gonzaga completely. Yeah, this is going to be a big televised game, and like I said, with the law of probabilities, I think Villanova is going to lose one game in the non-conference, and outside of the Arizona game, this is the next most likely. Chris Lane's going to be there. Okay, so that just upped the percentage chance I think of us losing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I love Chris. <laughs> I can't wait to beat him. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be a good time. I, I do think Villanova's going to walk away with the victory here. Gonzaga is not a team you can take lightly. The good news is we've got a head coach that rarely takes any team lightly. Are either of you guys going to make the, the hike to MSG for this one? When is is it? A, is it a weekend game? No, it's a Tuesday night. Yeah, no. Yeah, already in a month in which I'm taking some holiday vacation time, so I don't think a midweek trip up to up to uh, New York City is gonna be in the cards. <laughs> That's a shame. I was hoping that we could have like a view hoops get together because I think Catherine Ryan's gonna be there. Chris Lane's gonna be there. Hopefully, Ryan Sackman's there. Okay, oh, yeah, it's all, it's all the New York people. Why don't you come down to the Philly game? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll probably make a couple trips down to Wells Fargo Center. I'd be there down for go. that. <laughs> yeah, we're going to a game, Eugene. Don't worry. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> been there since senior year. Yeah, so I, I'm due for a trip. I'm due for a trip down. So after Gonzaga, we resume Big Five play with LaSalle and Temple. Okay, LaSalle gave us a hard time last year. <laughs> Pookie Powell, baby. Do you see that happening again? (laughs) You know what? For the first half, I do. This team and their fans were up in Nova's business, and they've got one hell of a coach. They're not, it's again, not going to be a team that can match us on talent for 40 minutes. And Villanova was able to pull away and win that game handily. But I was there in person for that game last year. And, man, does LaSalle – they're a team with some fight in them. And they return a lot of those guys this year. Yeah, every single one of those high major transfers that were finally eligible last year, they're back. They're back. Pookie's back. Pookie's back. Pookie Power is back. And this game, this game will be at Wells Fargo, correct? Because they played there yes. last year. Yep, they'll, it'll be at Wells Fargo. So while Villanova should be able to get more people in the building, I expect a decent – 
LaSalle crowd to be there as well. Yeah, no, that's true. They, they, they could definitely show up. I don't know. I just don't see this being much of a problem. I mean, last year, obviously, obviously we had Braun upset alert last year, but I think that was mainly just because we were at their building and like during like a midweek game. I, I just feel that was just, you know, another type of game you just don't get up for. But I mean, I feel, I feel like they'll be fine up though that this game is at home this year. And as for Temple, they, they do bring back a bunch of guys who were also, you know, they're injured last year, but now they're healthy and ready to go. But even with all that, can we pencil in Villanova as Big Five champs? Like, I don't see LaSalle or Temple or any of the other guys really yeah, threatening. No. no. I'll say this. I don't think that any of us are going to pick Villanova to lose a single Big Five game. But that's the game that they're going to lose. They're not going to lose the game they should. They're going to lose the game they shouldn't. And that's how this Big Five streak is going to come to an end. That being said, it's not going to end this year. Not, not with this team. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought about the pavilion streak. I was like, oh, well, we just lost that butler. So then we're going to get him easily. And then, unfortunately, it just came crashing down. And then everyone oh. was just kind of staring at each other like, what just happened? It, it took me a while into that season to realize, oh, yeah, I haven't seen a loss here in four years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just like, like, like oh, everyone's going to come to watch him basketball and just celebrate the win and have a good time. <laughs> Just expected. Do you guys remember playing Temple at all last year? Because I'm trying to think of the game last year. I can't. I cannot for the life of me remember it. We played them at the Pavilion. Got a little uh, chippy late. The game. I, I think the closest it came was like maybe a six points. Temple put on a little bit of a run at the end, but mm-hmm. Villanova held them back. Josh Hart was Josh Hart. I think was that his. Was it the Temple or the St. Joe's game that he had he, his double double? He had his triple double against triple uh, double. St. Joe's. Yeah, St. Joe's. Joe's. He might have had a double double against Temple. I don't know what he did, but he. I think it was the one where Temple was going on a run, and Josh Hart was just like, "Okay, this is done," and yeah. hit a clutch three or something like that, and just put him back in their place. It, man, man, do I miss him? And I'm glad to see him having. The level of success, which might be minor, but it's still something uh, that he is with the Lakers. Yeah, he's still searching for that high five. (laughs) (laughs) So after all the Philadelphia stuff, Villanova will head over to Long Island, and it's going to be somewhat of a homecoming for good old coach Jay Wright as they'll take on the Hofstra Pride, the team that he coached for before coming to Villanova. That should be interesting. I don't know how you handle that if you're Jay. That's probably pretty cool. This is a really special thing for Jay Wright. And what's odd to me is that as much as Jay Wright does do a lot of stuff with other people who have coached with him and other teams that he has connections to, there's two teams with his strongest connections that until now he hasn't done anything with. Villanova has never done anything with Hofstra, and clearly they still love Jay, and Jay has a fond affection for them, and they've never done anything with Penn State. And Penn State is entirely Villanova people. It's Pat Chambers, another former assistant, and then he's got Dwayne Anderson and Ross Condon as his assistant coaches. It's all people Jay coached with or or coached. So I'm glad to see that we're at least turning the corner here, and Jay is starting to again have games with his current team against some some of those teams and as special of a night this is for Jay I'm really hoping that this is maybe a glimmer of a chance of maybe us getting a Villanova Penn State game that would be a lot of fun that would be a lot of fun and I really hope so but 
I don't know. I feel like, like you said, it's going to take some years. I, I guess we just move slow in certain departments. <laughs> was this like, was this intentional that they didn't, that he never scheduled Hofstra? Or was it just kind of just, it just kind of happened? <laughs> I think it was intentional in the sense that you can't play teams ranked that low. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they went to the Charleston Classic last year. But they did. Wait, they really? did. Wait, are you serious? <laughs> um, I, I do think that this is a big deal and that this is a favor from Jay because I think this is the season that they're opening up that new arena. Um, so on top of it being a reason for us to look for other places to play, they are getting a big name to bring into their new arena, which I think was also designed by Villanova Architect. So a whole bunch of Villanova connections here, as, lo- as well as Jay's connection with Hofstra. Should be a good time and should be an easy Villanova win. So Hofstra has a new arena? They're not playing at uh, called Nassau Coliseum anymore? No, I, I think they are playing at the Nassau Coliseum, but isn't that new mm-hmm. as of like this year or last year or something like that? No, no, no. The Coliseum is where the Islanders played for like many, many, many years. Well, they then, then didn't they build a brand new? Um... Oh no, you're right. You're right. I think they did. I think they renovated it to some extent. They did something. It's yeah, new no, 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 and you're shiny. Right. I saw a new shiny picture, so I'm going with new and shiny. <laughs> no, you're right. Hold on, let me look this up. Actually, yeah, I'm not too concerned with Hofstra. They play in the CAA, which anyone, is, uh... yeah, anyone that's there doesn't have any reason to get up for playing Jay. You get they'll be up because they're going to get a home game against a top 10 team, but it's, it's not a game we should have any, any problem with. They just don't have the talent. Yeah, no, but they will get a pretty good draw. I remember last year I went to see, went to cover Kentucky and Hofstra at the Barclays center. And there was just a lot of people there just because it was Kentucky, but I'm sure if it wasn't a top 10 team or a top ranked team, probably no one's really coming out. Chris, did you find your answer? I can't find a definitive answer. <laughs> <If> they ha- <laughs> I think they have the plans, but I don't know if they actually started. Hold on. Oh, wait, no, they did. They renovated it. Never mind. Yeah, Brendan was uh, right. New and shiny. New, new and, and shiny. shiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. <laughs> so that will be the last non-conference game before Big East play starts. But then we're going to uh, take a little quick oh, yeah, break. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's like one of those things <laughs> where we have that late non-con game. We would take a little break to take on UConn. Forget oh. who wins the game. Does UConn ever come back to the Big East? Oh, they want to. <laughs> oh, they, Would you welcome they, them back? No. Absolutely. Oh, no, wait, no. Here we go. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, with I'm with Brendan. I want them back. Two reasons you take UConn back. One, they are a historically good program who can recruit, who can bring a better sense of stability to the Big East especially when a lot of these a lot of the uh, conferences are going to move to a 20-game regular season. Yep. And for the Big East to do that, we need to add a team. I don't see many teams out there better than UConn that you can add. The other reason is that, boy, oh, boy, does it feel good to beat UConn. And I want to do that yes. every year. Yes. <laughs> Twice yes. a year if I can. <laughs> yes. Yeah, everything Brendan said, totally agree with. I think this is our best candidate. Who else would you add? And they want to come back. They'll figure out their football stuff on their own. 
But for basketball, I would love them back in the Big East. As a basketball team, I, I would like them back. I would agree with that. But that football is just going to loom over you it, too much. It, it's kind of like a fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame, fool me once, no. shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I don't know. If you let them back in, it's – you gonna let football screw with everything again? I don't know. If these There's other not... conferences didn't take UConn already, they're not gonna take them now. Yeah, they've been lingering in purgatory in the American, and that's when we come and save them and bring them back to the Big East, and just so we can beat them. Now I will say, if there's one other team out there that you're gonna bring into the Big East that's not UConn, it's the newest member of the American in Wichita State. Oh wow, I forgot. Yeah, the, yeah you're right. They did just join the American. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you could get both of them as a package deal, I'd do it then. Uh, well, no, because then you screw up your scheduling. Yeah, yeah, we can't can get only, both. You can one. only take one to keep the round robin scheduling going. Wait, we can only take one. Oh, I thought it. Oh, yeah. If we want the home and home for uh, conference play, we can uh, only take one. Crap! Oh, I'd rather have Wichita State then. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get back to this actual game because this. If I'm putting up three games that I think Villanova is going to have the, the toughest time with, you know, Arizona on a neutral court is a really tough team, and it's going to be tough to beat them. Gonzaga on a neutral court is going to be tough. UConn at UConn is going to be a hard game to win, even if Villanova is the better team. This is going to be a lot like that Purdue game early in last season. The difference is that Villanova is going to be in midseason form by the time we do this. Yeah, and I think we just have more talent. Just looking at it, yeah, UConn, they have Jalen Adams, who, can we just talk about how, I don't know, UConn just always has a good point guard. I mean, this guy is averaging 14.4 a game, and then with, like, just over six dimes to go along with it. Great point guard play. Eugene, are you telling me that it's unfathomable to think of a team that has consistently good point guard play year after year after year? Hmm. Oh, no, 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 can't, not at all. I don't know what it is, like but UConn stores has it. <laughs> yeah, but it's good. It pushes us. Our best thing is our point guard. Their best thing is their point guard. I want to see those matchups. Like, I want to a, see and win those matchups. Yeah, like they could be a bad team, but their point guard's like their stud. Well, they've had a point guard carry them to championships twice. I, yeah. We, we've only had it happen once, so I'm saying we're due. But I do think – yeah. <laughs> Do you think we should handle them? I mean, this is the start of a three-year series, home-home, and then a neutral at MSG, which will be great. But I think we should beat them. I think we'll be fine. I I think we'll win. I don't know if I'd say we'll handle them. Uh, Time and time again, it's been shown that home court advantage is a bigger thing in college basketball than it is in most sports. Mm -hmm. And uh, playing there is not easy. It's it simply isn't even when you're the better team. You go back and look at some of the Villanova teams historically when they had to go and play at UConn. It's a tough place to get a win. And Kevin Ollie is not a bad coach. Yeah. He he knows how to motivate a team. He might not be anywhere close to the recruiter that Jay Wright is, but he's a motivator. No, you're right. Kevin Ollie's a great coach, but he, and it's funny cuz we haven't really heard much from that him in, in general just because of UConn's just mediocrity over the past few years, but he was the hottest ticket in town when they won in 2014. Yep, sure was. And I think this game is going to – a lot is going to depend on how UConn is come game time. Like, if they're kind of, like, middling and falling out of place, I don't – I think we could probably walk in there and 
win relatively easily because I don't think they would have much of a crowd and especially to get behind them, whatever. But if UConn's like rattle off long string wins and, you know, it's kind of getting good, getting some votes, maybe even sneaking into the bottom of the top 25. If they don't, if Nova doesn't get off to a quick start, that UConn crowd's gonna, I, I think, will mess with them significantly. And like you said, that the home court advantage is just gonna play into their hands, like t- perfectly. And I think, I think UConn can actually steal this one in that case. I don't know. I don't know. I think I, I'm not saying you. I don't think I don't think UConn will win, but I'm just saying a lot. I think a lot depends on how UConn is come January 20th. We will have to see. We will have to see for sure. But that's our last non-conference game. After that, it'll be all Big East. But just kind of looking at all the different games, Villanova went 13-0 last year. We talked about it. I'm guessing we don't see them going 13-0 this season or undefeated in non-conference play. So if not, how many games do you see them losing and which ones? So I, I looked through all the Ken Palm stats, and he does have us predicted to win every game. But there's the Arizona game isn't in there, and we've got the Gonzaga game. We've got the UConn game. I, it's very difficult to see us getting through another non-conference without at least one loss. And then I watched Amari Spellman play against Drexel. Beautiful. It was beautiful. 13-0. Non-conference, undefeated. We're going back to I the love ship. It. I'm on total hype train right now. I love the way this team plays. I think their defense is going to be spectacular at least five or six games in. And Amari Spellman, I love him. I'd love to see him on the main line for a long time. But you better enjoy him while he's here because I don't think it's going to be that long if he can show the kind of prowess he showed in that game. Granted, I know it was Drexel. Drexel is not Arizona. Drexel is not Gonzaga. Drexel is not UConn. But Amari Spellman is real he is free and he is amazing yes i am totally aboard with you i'll be honest a couple weeks ago i thought we were gonna lose one maybe two but then i saw that game and i saw what spellman can do i saw eric pascal new and improved i saw some guys stepping up even yes it was drexel but i am on the O boogie hype train and i think we will go 13-0. I think we will stun Arizona. I don't care if they have five-star guys. I don't care if they have Alonzo Trier or, or Javon Quinterly or whoever they, they get. But, um, <laughs> but I think Villanova's experience will win them that game. And then I think they'll go run through everyone else. And then when it comes to Gonzaga, experience again. And just the fact that Gonzaga won't be as talented as they were last year. It's not the same guys, not the same team. And UConn. Not scared of them. Not scared of the Big Five. Book it. 13-0. We're going into the conference play with a nice, clean sheet. Oh, sure. Now I'm going to be the bad guy. Oh, no. Oh, Chris, (laughs) you can be whatever you want, Chris. I'm just letting you know right now, when I saw that that stream on my little tablet watching O-Boogie grab boards, it was great. It was beautiful. It really changed the way I looked at the team. Eugene, I feel like you're you're – my optimism from last year transferred to you this year, and I think we've kind of reversed <laughs> roles because this is like I, I feel like you just like we just were <laughs> like hearing you took my thing from last year, and then you just said, and I took your spot from last year, and I'm saying it. So my view is I don't think they'll lose more than one. So don't I just think I I just don't see them getting through Atlantis unscathed. I just see either Purdue or Arizona being a little bit too tough of a task. I don't 
Now, if they, if, they, if they don't play Arizona in that final game, then yeah, I th- and they do beat Purdue, I think they'll be fine, and then I think they'll win out. I was thinking before the show that maybe they could lose to Gonzaga, but I, I don't see that happening, actually. I, Brendan brought up a good point with them coming over from the West Coast. They'll be shot. I think they won't have any issue with that. I don't think they'll have any issue with UConn, and then the rest are just kind of cupcake games. So yeah, I just see them losing one in Atlantis. I don't know to who. I think that's it. And twelve and one. Hey, sign me up for that. I mean, how do you how can you, how do you not take that? I know last year was kind of like pretty sick that we, they didn't lose one game at non conference, but I think they just trip up once this year and then go into Big East place and at what? 12, well, not going into Big East play twelve and one, but I think they'll be fine. The fact that we even have to argue about thirteen and zero or twelve and one makes me it's, pretty happy. So it is. It yeah. is. It's a nice little. Uh, reversal from the 11-12 season and then the bottoming out against Columbia. Yes. It, it, when you put it all in perspective, it, it's, a, it's a nice problem to have. Exactly. Which one are you guys most excited for? Ooh. Which game? Yeah, which game? The Arizona game, if it happens. National TV, day after Thanksgiving, uh, against uh, essentially by that time what could be two top five teams. I mean, you don't get that anywhere else other than the uh, – what's the matchup this year? The Duke-Michigan State and Kansas-Kentucky? I, I mean, it's going to be those two games and our game against Arizona are going to be the biggest early season top ten matchup games of the year. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on board with that. It's the Arizona game. If it happens, I, I, I can't – I would – watch the heck out of that but that's just in terms of like a basketball standpoint but i would i'm i'm gonna love watching that pen game at jake nevin i, w- I want to see how that that turns out oh. yeah and, and for me it's it if it's not arizona it's gonna be watching the yukon game mm-hmm. just uh, a, a lot of years of of big east rivalry with that team that i i don't want to see die and unfortunately has slowly been dying and man beating them again is gonna feel so good yeah, I'm going to go a completely different direction. I'm looking forward to the Gonzaga game, probably because I'm trying to go there live, and that's probably <laughs> what's changing. That's that's what's shaping my whole perception on the whole thing. Always better to see it in person. Can't yeah. recommend it enough. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. My parents went to their first few Villanova games a couple years ago, and now they're hooked. They, they need to go every year at least twice. Nice. Well, thank you for listening to the State of the Nova Nation. That's all the time we have for today. This is our non-conference preview episode. Next time around, we will have the Big East portion of the show and of the schedule. Check out our content at viewhoops.com. We got the basketball goods. We got the news previews and stories. Also, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Podomatic, or you can also do it on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to follow us at viewhoops. You can follow me, Eugene Repay, at Repay 5 and you can follow me, Chris Danzial, at the Stansman on Twitter. And you can follow me at Brendan Riley thirty seven. I think because I don't use Twitter that often. Otherwise, just follow at VU Hoops and you'll be fine. We'll be back at it on Thursday. Nova Nation, have a happy Tuesday, and enjoy your election day.